0: Hello, wonderful community. Welcome to the Soulful Veda Show. This is Angelica, your co-host. And before we get into today's episode, I would just like to talk about what's going on in the celestial sky right now. So, we had our new moon in Capricorn on January thirty first, and of course. It's always important to understand which sign the moon is in, but there are a lot of other factors happening with the planets right now that can maybe help us to give some context as to what we're experiencing. So right now, all of the planets are contained between Rahu and Ketu, also known as the North Node and the South Node. And when this happens, and this has happened a lot of times within the past couple of years, it can feel really intense. And it can feel like we have these... Intense emotions that are coming up to the surface, these situations that trigger really intense emotions. That's the only way I can really describe it. So if you have been experiencing this, been feeling a lot of that jarring emotions, and it kind of comes as a surprise, know that this could be the times that we're in. It could be what's happening celestially, and it's nothing wrong or something that is wrong with you. It is perfectly normal to be experiencing this. And Rachel and I were also talking recently how it's really interesting that the collective fear seems to really be coming to a peak right now. It is coming out in a lot of different relationships. It is coming out in the form of self doubt and guilt and shame and fear itself. And it's really important to recognize all the ways that these shadows are making itself known because it's doing that on purpose so that we can really out the shadow and integrate it into the light of our being. So if you feel like you've been experiencing this fear, guilt, shame, how are you working with it? How are you tending to it? How are you working to integrate it into your being so that you are no longer avoiding it and hiding away from it because it's just going to keep showing up again and again in our lives until we face it head on. So these are trying times that we're in and I'm sending you all so much love and compassion. And know that if you need that extra support, community is huge right now. To be in a community of like-minded people who are going to hold space for you to hold your fear, shame, guilt, self-doubt, to give you a place to express it, and then also give you the valuable ancient tools and techniques to transform that fear into pure confidence, to transform the guilt and shame into your greatest opportunity right now, because that's what it's asking for us. It's asking us to up-level, to go into that next phase of our life where we completely flourish and blossom into our soul's purpose. And the way that we love to do that is through our membership. We call it our Lightworker Society. It is only $30 a month because we want to make it the most accessible offering that we have at Soulful Veda. You get a full library of meditations, mantras, breathwork, yoga classes ranging from kundalini to yoga nidra to vinyasa to sculpt workout classes. We also have live events every week. We have a Reiki experience. We have a new moon ceremony, a full moon ceremony, and we have a book club. And we also have a full online channel where you can connect with all the other like-minded souls in our community, as well as have weekly accountability with a gratitude practice and sharing your wins and lots of positive inspiration and tons of content that we bring there. So you are totally fully supported in this community, and if you are seeking it, It is right here for you. We'll have the link in the show notes to join our Lightworker Society. We would just absolutely love to have your bright light in our space. All right. And now for today's episode. Now for today's episode with Isaac from Social Like. So you know Rachel and I are solopreneurs, and we love the business side to what we do, and we're really excited for you to get into this episode with Social Like. So Social Like helps brands launch and maintain effective social media and digital marketing campaigns, and their client roster is full of health and wellness products and lifestyle brands. And what's also really cool is that they have an Ayurvedic approach to marketing. So we had to have Isaac on because we wanted to hear all about how this works. So we first start this podcast going into more of his personal journey. He actually has switched his whole career um, going and working in the bar industry to an agency that works with Ayurveda. So that was really cool to see his trajectory. And then we go into what is the future of marketing and how does Ayurveda play A role in this. I find that that is so fascinating because a lot of times we think Ayurveda is solely just in the healing realm, in the mind, the body, and the soul. But can we expand that? What would that look like in the business industry, specifically marketing? We also touch on what that looks like with the metaverse. And again, that's so important because this ancient knowledge wasn't just supposed to be under the context of when it first came out, 5, 10,000 years ago. It was meant to be dynamic by nature so that we can understand this ancient science given our relative time. So I love that we brought up really current topics in this episode. And finally, we talk about how Isaac brings Ayurvedic principles to his team environment and how it has helped them thrive. So whether you are an entrepreneur or maybe you are working for a company, it's so cool that he really distills these simple principles that have worked for his employees and just totally help them flourish together. So I'm really excited for you all to get into this episode. Rachel is leading the discussion, and I know you're going to find it also fascinating. If you love this episode, please share it with a friend or family member who you think would love it too, and we would just adore you. If you commented, rated, and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts, we love connecting with you in that way, and you're going to love this episode. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to Soulful Vedas Podcast. We are Ayurvedic health coaches that heal and balances in the mind, body, and spirit. We are here to guide you on your healing journey with soulful wisdom and higher intuition. You are your best healer, and your moment to connect your highest self is now.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Soulful Veda show. Super excited to have Isaac on the podcast today. Hello and welcome.
2: Thank you for having me. I have to be honest, I feel like a fraud on the show right now. I listened to Allison Colin 2 episodes ago and then followed up by like My Ayurvedic Life, like my favorite all-time Instagram follow. So like, thank you for having me. Um, I'm no expert, but I really appreciate uh to be on your show.
1: Yeah, we're excited to have you and we love the parallels between business and Ayurveda and it's something we love exploring ourselves and we don't do as much on the show, so we were super excited to have this combo and go there on that topic. So I'd love to hear about the first time that you felt connected to start your own thing on your journey as an entrepreneur and to start your own agency.
2: Yeah, thank you. So uh, I was in the hospitality business uh, for quite a while. Uh, I actually opened up my own bar in 2008. And although it was always full, I could never figure out how to make money um, by selling like $6 Budweiser's. So what happened was the bar was always full and then people, other bars and other restaurants would say, hey, can you help me with my marketing? And then eventually we had to shut down the bar, which was like a blessing in disguise. And once the bar shut down, I had met these couple of contacts because they saw that the bar is always full. And then we kind of transitioned or I transitioned into a marketing agency that was focused uh, on hospitality.
1: Cool. So you've always been drawn to the marketing space, even naturally before you knew you were good at it.
2: For sure. For sure. And yeah, I was, you know, the, the club promoter thing growing up um, in high school and then just always, always into marketing for sure.
1: That's awesome. And such a different lifestyle than Ayurveda. So tell us about how you started finding and working with Ayurvedic clients?
2: Yeah, so um, it's a a great story. And Ayurveda just like resonates with me as almost just like, for me, it's common sense, like some things I was doing, but when you put it all together um, under Ayurveda, it, it just, kind of like means the world to me. So we uh, were focused on hospitality and then we started to diverge into health and wellness brands. So good for you, CPG brands, everything from gluten-free granola bars to vegan proteins. Um, and along our journey as businesses is growing, we met a brand called Dr. Tongues. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they're an Ayurvedic brand rooted in oral care. Uh, so we started working with them and it was going really well. But after about six months, we just felt like we needed to elevate our Ayurvedic knowledge. Um, and, and Dr. Tongs is the brand or the person that uh, kind of opened my eyes to Ayurveda. So about six months into our journey with Dr. Tongs, we, we needed to step up our game. And we brought on uh, our our, good, our mutual good friend, Claire, uh, fantastic Ayurvedic practitioner, a copywriter, but now just all around digital marketing Swiss army knife uh, for social like and she kind of like was able to explain ayurvedic ayurveda to me in in a, just a way that that made sense and truly resonated with me and it didn't only resonate resonate with me but it also resonated to Dr. Tong's and to Dr. Tong's um, online community um, and then Claire and I developed a relationship she started to work more um, at social like and she's just been just such a a great influence on, on myself and the brand. And then we kind of decided to go all into Ayurveda. So we, we updated our website. I shot like a two minute video on kind of like what Ayurveda means to me. And we took that and started connecting with um, other Ayurvedic brands. Um, so we work with one other Ayurvedic brand, um, Farm True, who I know Kim and Lynn went to the same school as you guys. So it's all like a nice, beautifully connected uh, circle. And now we're just, kind of out there networking like in the Ayurveda space and we love and we understand we can't have um, all our clients can't be Ayurvedic brands but we strive to have brands that resonate with an Ayurvedic philosophy so someone who could like appreciate Ayurveda and some of the things that we do um with with our clients that that relate to Ayurveda I think you know one of the Coolest things about owning your own business, and I'm sure this like is right up your alley too, is you know you can do whatever you want. You could follow your absolute passion, and and that's what I'm doing with Ayurveda. Um, I have a passion for Ayurveda. I'm hiring people that are Ayurvedic practitioners. We're going after Ayurvedic brands. Um, we're going after brands that just have a health and wellness philosophy, and it's it's just been a beautiful it's just been a beautiful progression. Um,
1: In social life. Yeah. And there are a few things that you said that I want to hit on because they're important. But the biggest one is you can't only work with Ayurvedic brands, but hopefully, as Ayurveda becomes more popular and follows the path of yoga where more and more people start to understand it, start to use it, start to practice it, that there will be more Ayurvedic brands and more sales at those brands so that they can use marketing and it can come full circle. And I think it's powerful what you're doing because with the two brands that you're working with now, they're at the at the forefront of that, right? They're getting the message out. So how does it feel to be at the forefront and maybe what challenges have you faced in talking about brands that study and practice something that for most people, it's like, I or what? How do you say that? And then you have to, again, get across like why the product is even differentiated, right? If you're talking about farm true and they have ghee, you're trying to say how it's a different ghee and people have no idea what ghee is. So that adds an extra layer of complexity to what is already pretty complicated. So talk to us about that.
2: Yes. There's a great book um, that, that we love in marketing. It's called Made to Stick. Um, and it's what have you heard of it?
1: I have, yeah. <laughs>
2: okay, cool. It, it, it's like an all-time favorite of ours, and it's basically like what makes some ideas stick, and and what like what why does some ideas stick? And like the easy explanation they give is like, you know, movie theater popcorn is really bad for you, or movie theater popcorn has like thousand calories, and it's hard to kind of like understand what a calorie is. Like we know it's bad for you, maybe. Um, but when you compare something like movie theater popcorn is the same as like two Big Macs. People are like, whoa, like people know Big Macs or have a lot of calories and they're bad for you. So that's how we kind of bring up Ayurveda to people that, that don't really know about it um, mm. and just working in the Ayurveda space. Um, you know, Facebook has Facebook and Instagram, you know, if you like them or not, whatever, but they have some amazing targeting um, and you're able to find like over 4 million people that have shown an affinity to Ayurveda, that, that is not a lot in the whole scheme of things. But if you can convert a couple thousand of those people to be your fans, to be like truly ambassadors of your brand, then you're kind of on your way. So, so that's how we approach um, our Ayurvedic clients. And, and you know just a philosophy is not even Ayurveda philosophy, but a marketing is, is we wanna focus on building this niche community? How can we get 100, 500, 1,000 people that just love Dr. Tongs or love Farm True or love any of our brands? And once you have that base of a 1,000 like vocal people online, you, you, you spread from there. Um, and that's kind of like our, you know, one of our, one of our philosophies. I don't even know if I answered your question, but
1: um... yeah, no, you totally did. And that's something that we do as well. Cause as we've progressed along our journey with Ayurveda, one thing I've noticed in our marketing is that I, we used to keep things very simple in the messaging. Cause that's where we were at. We were just beginning to teach it. People connected with it and they've used other forms of holistic healing, or they know that their diet can help their life, all of those things. But we have to keep it simple even to this day so even if my knowledge and level at ayurveda is like level 15 people still need to understand it at level two it's something that they can grasp onto and be like oh okay this makes sense to me because i can connect it and make it relevant to something that i've already experienced in my life and that was actually a big challenge for us last year because we wanted to talk about all these things and they were super deep but we were doing it on instagram where a lot of people were being introduced to the concept for the first time and i had to pull back and think about, okay, what I learned in marketing school. It's like, we got to keep this simple so that people can understand it and you don't push them away because it's too complicated. Um, So yeah, I totally get what you're saying and it makes sense. And on the more of the Ayurvedic level, you talk about this previous life being a club promoter, working in a bar, and now you work with Ayurvedic brands. So has working with these brands changed the way that you live your life today? And if so, in what ways? Yeah.
2: Colin actually bought me the the owner of Dr. Tom's bought me a book. I'm looking at it right now. Change your schedule, change your life. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it's uh, it's just great. Like it makes sense. Like it's okay to be tired in the middle of the winter and not want to like do as much. Like the the not having a big meal during dinner was like a game changer for me when I started like not eating. Um, you know, my big meals during dinner. I, I just thought I woke, up. I was able to, I was easier to wake up. It was great. So there's like little hats like that, that have just been so instrumental in, in my life. It's been great. Um, so I, have just a marketing question for you. I don't know if that's a turn of the table for a sec, but are most people finding you through like the podcast first and then Instagram or like, where are you getting your, like your listeners or like followers or fans first?
1: It's interesting. So we I've had a couple of calls in the last few weeks of people who aren't on social media at all, but they are diehard fans of the podcast. So they, it either comes to them through a recommendation from someone or we've been on somebody else's show and then they listen to our show. Um, but I'd say it, it's probably split in half from what I can understand of people who have first found us on Instagram because we've been on Instagram for longer. We've been more consistent with it. Um, we pay to play in Instagram. So we have ads going, things like that. Um, And then we, we do a lot of, like I said, simplistic things. So it's easier to understand. And then if you're willing to dive deeper into Ayurveda, dive deeper into some of the spiritual things we talk about, Kundalini, yoga, all of that amazing stuff then the podcast is where we take those conversations because like I said, last year, we were trying to take those to the platform and I don't think they were translating because you only have so many characters in a caption versus in a long form podcast, we can play and explore with all of the ideas we want to talk about. So it's a much better platform to do that and for people to connect and understand all of the nuances. No, I think
2: it's exactly like the Instagram is to kind of get people going a little bit and then dive in deeper with the podcast. I think it's, kind of spot on and haven't you just found that um like Ayurvedic influencers we work with people that own Ayurvedic brands they're just the nicest people like it's such a pleasure to like reach out to a content creator an influencer or a brand who has this background or knowledge of Ayurveda I'm just like oh man you're so nice like thank you like I just love it, it makes it makes work so much more enjoyable for us so that's another reason why. I mean,
1: it goes to show that when you do those simple things and I want to go back to some of the things you talked about and changing your lifestyle, but when you take care of yourself and you learn how to prioritize yourself and your energy, and you're not just driven by productivity or things outside of yourself that you become a happier person generally, because you understand how to prioritize your needs. And from that, you have a full cup of which is overflowing and then you can easily give to others. I think it's that. And then a little bit of the camaraderie of like, oh, you're in this space too. Okay. I see you. I know it's challenging to be here and you're kind of off the, the beaten path. So let's, let's connect. And that's one of the things I love about the community and bringing people on the podcast. I mean, we've had big Ayurvedic experts and names on the podcast and they are just fantastic. We love sitting with them. And it's just such an honor and a privilege because in other industries, having that level of access might not usually be possible. So I want to go back to some of the things you said about the changes you made in your lifestyle, because when you look back at it, and I do this in my own journey where I'm like, oh, I eat a bigger lunch now, no big deal. But those things are big, right? Because when we grew up, like dinner was the big meal we had with our family. And When as a practitioner, you're telling someone to do that, they think it's not going to make any difference in their life, but those small things actually do make a huge difference. So I'm sure even if you work with Dr. Tongs, you have a tongue scraper and that's changed your life. Right. And it's just a simple 10 second thing that you do every single morning. So how have you taken that lesson and translated it into marketing? Like, are there simple, intuitive things that people aren't doing because they're out there chasing the shiny objects and the trends and the fads, and they're not actually doing the consistent things every day that will move the needle for them.
2: So I I got a lot to say on this. Um, (laughs) So so, it's just like Ayurveda kind of tried and true, been around for like 5,000 years. There's just some like tried and true marketing practices that have just not changed. Like being authentic is everything like that is like that's been around for five thousand years probably content is king consistency is key um and you know maybe not i have anything but overthinking is a waste of time um, these are all things that have just been like tried and true for thousands of years and and they still hold true um to our marketing today you know some of the other things too um and just a shout out claire again that, that she put me on to is you know, understanding when you work the best and for me, encouraging my team to that. So like, you know, from 10 to two for me is like a time when I can really focus and get my work done. So there's an away message on my G chat. I try not to schedule any calls and giving like our team um, the anonymity to, to do that, to know that it is okay. Block off this time, put up an away message, do your work because we're, we're really busy Um, So that is, has been like a game changer um, right there. I'm just looking at my notes or some other things, you know, another one is we used to just start with like a suite of services for all our clients. You know, everything starts with like a brand, you know, the research and a strategy. And then we kind of have our suite of services, email marketing, influencer marketing, you know, paid ads. But now we have the confidence to break that up into two separate almost contracts. So we do a research and strategy phase first, because, you know, just like any good doctor or any Ayurvedic practitioner, how do you know what you're gonna do? It's not a one size fits all approach to like human beings or to brands. So by, you know, researching first, putting like work and putting a strategy together, we then can say to the brand, this is what we think you should do, kind of here's a low, medium and high tier that we think would work for you. And, and that's been you know that's been a game changer and really resonated with brands. And, and I think with the brands that we're working with has increased our longevity with them because it, it's not just like, we're gonna do X, Y, and Z. It's okay, we really understand what we're doing. We can manage expectations and it just, you know just sets sets everything up right from the beginning
1: yeah and i think you know in the if you back that up and categorize those things it's really about trust and respect and it starts on the inside so with your team trusting them to manage their own energy and you not needing to micromanage them or the work that they're doing but understanding that they each have their own creative flow and Work the best at different times a day because they're individuals. And when you're trusting your team, then you know they feel good about the work they put out, and that trickles out into work that you do with the clients, and in sales pitches and strategy meetings, all of that. And I think another thing too, when I worked in in sales prior to this job, and it was client development, it's more of the farming sales, but it was interesting that when you created boundaries and mutual respect with the part with a, a partner or a client that. They really respect you and they actually want your opinion, versus what I thought sales was when I was younger was more like, you've got to convince people of this. You've got to push this on them. You've got to show them that this is the way. And what you're talking about is individualizing everything and really taking a look at who your client is and saying, actually, based on all that I know and from my expertise. Here is the path for you, and it might look different than what we do for another client, even though the price tag might be smaller on this one. And so, you're developing, like you said, that longevity and that trust with the client, which is huge. And so, how have you seen that change your business? I know you said you keep it, the retention of clients, but has it changed even how you go into those conversations and other pieces of your business?
2: One point on something that you had mentioned, just calling farming. Cause that's really what it, what it is, is like such a great, and I, someone just said it to me the other day, like you know you're planting the seed and that's what you're doing like with a brand too, is like, you know, we, you know, with a lot of brands, like they forget that like folk, like creating a brand and first of all, that's all you have. At Soulful Veda, at Dr. Tongs at Farm True, like you're just as strong as your brand. And, you know, just like, you know, investing in your body, it's like you're not going to see it like overnight like you could work out every day you get better sleep you take all the right supplements you eat right and you're like yeah i'm feeling better but when you think back to where you were two years ago and then whether you look in the mirror or just like reflect on yourself like how great you feel um it's kind of like a very similar concept that we're drawn to and we use it a lot that investing in a brand is like investing in your body you're not going to see it overnight it takes time but looking back you know, two years, you're like, whoa, this is like a a major, a major difference. So that's, you know, that's one thing for sure.
1: And I'd love to get your opinion on a move that I feel like is happening in the industry. And that is people connecting more with humans rather than brands. So for example, Nike, everybody knows it; they connect to it. And it has almost like this persona of its own, right? The brand feels like a person, but with the content creation and the creator economy just skyrocketing, how do you see that playing into how Gen Z is gonna buy? So is it Nike gonna use more, and they do use a lot of influencers, but humanizing the brand, or do you feel like it'll be a lot of smaller brands and people that are really capturing a lot of the audience? So for example, Farm True, it's like Kim and Len, how amazing they are, people connecting to them as human beings because they're awesome, right? Or is it Farm True, this bigger thing, and then having their personalities underneath that. Does that question make sense?
2: Yeah, no, totally. so. You know, it's kind of like from a brand's perspective, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because, you know, Kim and Lin might not be there forever or Colin, the owner of Doc Young's might not be there forever. So the brand needs to be bigger than them, but it it really is a great way to start. Like people, you know, a lot of times like, you know, with Kim and Lin or any of our founders um, that are involved in the brand, those are the most always the most popular Instagram pictures. They're always the most popular newsletter. So it's like really like a fine line. And I think you know your point about the creators and like these smaller brands. Um, I I think and I'm hopeful that we're going to see like a shift because it's it's getting way easier to buy on a small brand's website. When like you, Amazon is amazing and it's super easy to buy. That's why they're like Amazon. But if you start going to these these newer sites or these newer brands with like updated websites, they make it very easy to buy. And I think that's really gonna help these like smaller brands um, get bigger. And, you know, the the small brands, like it takes a lot of, a lot of like, you know, energy to really focus on the brand and not just think about like, what's like the direct ROI. And we have to think about that. And we think about that all the time. But at the end of the day, like all you have like, is your brand. And, and, you know, the transparency is, is like people love that too. Like, it's, you know, we talk about a lot with our um, supplement brands that we work with. So, you know, you, we have a fish oil company we work with, and they're great. Right. But, like, how do you know what fish oil is better or not? Like, you're taking it every day, everyone says, like, omega threes. What you can know is if they are transparent in their business practices, where they're farming, how they're farming, are they made in the U.S., what are they manufacturing like? And I think that is, especially with supplements, because that's a big industry of ours, I, I think that is going to be um, very powerful. Um, but at the end of the day, you have a great product, too.
1: Yeah, so. agreed. And it's going back to that trust. And when you, under, like you said, when you trust the brand, then you'll trust whatever product is they put out, because you know, who's behind it, you know, their processes, you know, what the creation looks like. So, yeah. And I want to jump back to something you said earlier, which is about trusting your team and playing into their energy and time. And I know you said people have fun Fridays where they focus on themselves. I'd love to hear more about that. Maybe some of the other ways that you've brought Ayurveda, they into the company with consciously or even without realizing it.
2: Yeah, so the one mentioned before is like telling people when they work the best and to really focus. I think that's kind of like amazing. But, you know, we don't we don't work on Fridays and and that's not going to be for every brand. But like where it, it's like staring in front of a computer for eight hours a day is hard and you could learn a lot, but you also could lose some creativity. So we really focus. I really want the team on Fridays to um, everyone has a Skillshare account. So we, you know, on Fridays, they could go learn through their Skillshare accounts. And, and we talk about that on our Wednesday meeting. Um, we also focus um, or encourage people um, to have what we call polygamous careers. Um, so like, for me, this is my life, social life, like this is it. Like I'm, I'm in it for life. But that's not everyone. Um, so we want people to have different disciplines that we're focusing on. Claire has an Ayurvedic magazine that she's working on. Nicole like makes these little pillows. Um, one of some of that works for us like is also an influencer on the side. Uh, we're encouraging another one on our team, she's our graphic designer, to really focus more on the arts. And And we want them to do that on Fridays because I truly feel that if people are well-rested, happy, healthy, mentally stimulated within social like and outside of, life, outside of social like, I mean, everything else is a piece of cake. Like if, if I can hit all those, I know that they'll you know, wanna, wanna work with me for as long as they can or, you know, and, and, and be happier and be more creative. And if my staff is happy, creative, um, then, piece, then everything else is a piece of cake. Like not working on a Thursday, we're, we're ultra efficient
1: yeah so. wow so i love it's great all, to say all that,
2: that. like I'm, I'm happy to say that like i'm really proud of that um and again it's not for everyone not everyone people are going to maybe i don't know, freak out" is the right word about ayurveda but not everyone's not going to resonate with this philosophy uh, but the people that do from my team members to brands uh to like you know influencers like they'll they'll be receptive and, and it's exciting
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And even looking back to when I was in a corporate nine to five and I pursued teaching yoga that my boss was super supportive of that. And I obviously did outside of work hours, but it actually made me a better salesperson because speaking and leading a class and learning new things made me a better presenter when I was in front of the C-suite and high executives. So if she hadn't encouraged that and thought that that was threatening to my job in any way, that would have been a skill that I wouldn't have honed in and learned, but in a new way. And so I think more companies are starting to realize that. I think that that trend is slow, especially with bigger companies and the pace at which they move. But I think it's incredible what you're doing now to create that for your team and putting their their creativity and their joy first, and knowing that that will actually give give you a higher ROI. Right? That's that's how it works. Um, so I'd love to hear about. of the future of social like and even just the if you have any ideas and it's okay if you don't but of where we're headed in the future whether that's marketing trends trends in the ayurvedic business space or really just anything so what's coming up in 2022 for you and then just in general where you see the industry going
2: oh there's going to be no escaping the metaverse like that's like whether you like it or not like i have mixed feelings about it like NFTs, like, I, I, I understand it, but, like, I just bought one the other day. It's kind of, like, crazy to me, and potentially, yeah. like, depressing is not the right word, but it's, it's just a little, like, wild, but, like, the stuff is here. There's no going away from it. Like, if you're in marketing now, you should be learning, understanding what NFTs are. They're going to have a major impact with, with every aspect next time we do a podcast 2 years from now we might be wearing glasses and like pretending we're in fiji like that 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 is happening um there there is no turning back um and so just just be be ready for that embrace it like understand that like you still can go back to ayurveda or anything like there's you know touching your feet on grass is still going to be an amazing thing and we'll probably a hundred years out from being able to stimulate that virtually but um yeah those are my main takeaways like those those things are here and they're going to just be like very prevalent
1: oh I'm so resistant I mean that's the thing about Ayurveda it's a nature-based science and even though I live in a major city right now I grew up in the country surrounded by land and I feel like A lot of people I know want to move away from the city and the stimulation. And so it's interesting that you've got these people and Angel and I both have friends who are moving and starting farms, or you know, moving to Colorado and want to be in your mountains and things like that. And then at the same time, they've got Metaverse. So, I'm really interested to see how those two things happen at the same time. Like, maybe everyone's living in their ranch house with their horses, but then they go into their office space and everything they do during their day is on VR. I don't know, but it's this funny I'm polarization of trends you're seeing. Do you feel that too?
2: Yeah, I mean, we have to, like, as marketers and people that are like in business, like, we, we have to. You don't have to do anything but we really should embrace it like i love nature too and, and hopefully there is like and i'm sure with your podcast too you're going to be able to really help people like understand and like how they can be part of the metaverse which is like weird to say but also have like uh start their own little farm or have like a giant garden and be in touch with nature so i think you know podcasts like you like yours are going to be really like helpful to a lot of people as like, cause you're, you know, you're not a tech company, but you are to some degree. yeah So I think, you know, I think it's, it's going to be, it, the marriage is going to be interesting. And I, and hopefully Ayurveda can, can play a big, a big role in that because no matter what metaverse NFTs, like if you're not healthy, like n- none of that shit matters. Like right. it just doesn't. Like,
1: yeah, you can't focus on much else because there's too much going on in here in the physical body. Um, and what about social? Like, what do you see having happened in the next few years, or what are your goals for the business?
2: Yeah, I mean, the goals for the business. Um, like you know, every year we missed the last two years because of COVID, but every year we go to Expo West, um, which is like all the natural product brands getting together in March. Um, if anyone. Has never been. It's it's fantastic. Have you ever been? Do you ever go?
1: I've never been. I've heard of it. Um, I'd love to go.
2: Yeah. So um, I would love to have your partners out in LA too. So it might make even <laughs> sense for her to go. But um, the, you know, we're we're getting ready for Expo West right now. Again, we're looking to dive more into the Ayurvedic space. We've spoken to some amazing brands. Um, there's a couple of passion projects uh, we're working too. So you know, we were in New York City pre-COVID. Um, and then we moved up to Connecticut about 10 minutes from Rhode Island. Um, and we've been involved with like a lot of local farms and those are like passion projects you know, we met Kim and Lynn actually they're up here by us in North Stonington and we're in New London. Um, so just trying to marry, you know, living in a capitalistic society and wanting to have like nice things, but also kind of not selling out and working with like amazing brands, because if I can work for amazing brands, um, that are passion driven, um, hire amazing people, then it kind of like, well, the money, the money will come.
1: Yeah. And I, I believe that too. I think when you do things right. And in that integrity you speak of, then those things will come and it may not be as quick as the easy money, but it will have a longevity to it that the easy and fast money might not. And so, and also a sense of fulfillment because, You know, people can make money all day long and not be feeling that sense of fulfillment. So to build something that truly matters and is meaningful and helps people is just, I don't know, it's an indescribable feeling until you do it. And it's like, wow, this is what my work can feel like. This is amazing. So I'm sure you have that every day running your own agency and creating this beautiful team that really lives by these pillars and in that integrity. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, this has been so fun, Isaac. This is, I I love these conversations and I want to have more of them on the podcast because I am really passionate about business and I love marrying it with Ayurveda and seeing how the philosophies can work together. So this is perfect and right up my alley. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show today and everyone, we will see you next week on another episode of the Soulful Veda Show.
0: I hope you loved that conversation as much as we loved it. So refreshing just to get Ayurveda under this new lens. And especially if you are building your business, which I know a lot of our community members are entrepreneurs or thinking about entrepreneurship. It is really cool to see Ayurveda under this lens. So if you love this episode, please share it with a friend or family member. And if you love us even more, comment, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. All right, lovely people. We will see you in the next episode.